You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here for the Locked On Nationals podcast, brought to you by Built Bar and BuiltBar.com. Go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off on your next order. Built Bar is the best protein bar out there today. On the show, guys, hearsay, conjecture, rumors. We've got it all. Big Bats might be going fast in free agency as it looks like two teams have narrowed in on George Springer. The Nats might be involved with JT Real Muto. I mean, every week, guys, it seems like we're going back and forth. We'll talk about that and a whole lot more here on the Monday Rumor Mill on the Locked On Nationals podcast. All right, let's begin with the Nationals-related news, as we normally do here on the Locked On Nationals podcast. This comes from R.J. Anderson at CBS Sports, obviously multiple-time guest on this show, says Nationals interested in Real Mutos from two days ago, by the way. The Nationals are among the teams with interest in free agent catcher J.T. Real Muto, according to MLB Network's John Heyman. Washington has been rumored to have interest in Real Muto for years, dating back to Bryce Harper era. Why wouldn't they? He uh, entered the winter, ranked as CBS Sports number two free agent. Here's what we wrote at the time. He talked about Real Muto's season, the 266, 349, and 491 splits with 11 homers in 47 games. Uh, one of the best two-way catchers you know, around. Uh, obviously, going to make the case best in the league. And Heyman notes that if it's unclear if the Nationals' ownership group would greenlight a Real Muto deal. Washington's opening day payroll is already projected to be $150 million, with around $26 million less than it was supposed to be last opening day. There's no telling if general manager Mike Rizzo has the clearance to spend up to or more than that amount. Uh, obviously, there's been you know rumors swirling. James McCann is off the catcher's market, so you kind of want to get a sense of who is available there for the Nats, right? And, and this is me speaking at this point. Yeah, and what is available, right? Uh, you know, Yadier Molina, right, was a name that we saw come up over the course of the weekend. Obviously, a guy who's up there in age but could give the Nats a year. And we heard Mike Rizzo last week say, yeah, Jan Gomes prepared to catch 90 to 100 games next year. That's kind of what he said. The Nats seem to be going back and forth here. Last week, we kind of pushed back on the idea that the Nats might be going after JT Real Muto. You know, we spoke with Matt Wyrick of the uh, NBC Sports Washington last week, and you know, with McCann gone, it looked like the Nats would be going somewhere else to go and get that guy, to get that bat. Um, and, and it looked like, you know, uh, Real Muto, maybe not one of those options. Well, you know, and we'll get to the story in, in, in the, the market for Springer and uh, DJ LeMahieu heating up. But where are the Nats going to go, right? It's it's almost time for them to get on the horse because if, if Springer is really being pursued hard by the Jays and the Mets, like what's being reported right now, then what's the deal going to be for, for the Nats? If they're so concerned about getting a big bat, they need to be focused on that right now. I'm not saying they aren't, but their, name is, is, their names are not being brought up nearly enough. And when you, Mike Rizzo last week says, you know, Jan Gomes should be prepared to catch that many games, it, it was weird to see the number of reports about the Nationals having interest or have, you know, have had interest right in Real Muto. I mean, it was said the Nats did uh, you know early in the offseason, and now it comes out the Nats still have interest in JT Real Muto, and it's unclear about whether they have the uh, financial capabilities of going after JT Real Muto. Those are all questions that we don't know the answers to. You know, this this feels like it's a much 
much more fluid situation. Um, you know, uh, last last week Mike Rizzo corrected himself when he said that the, the budget situation was fluid. He, he said, I, "I didn't mean to say that. We do have the money to go get a contender." But you know, maybe maybe it was more. It's more fluid than he let on, right? Maybe there is. Um, you know, there is some pushback from ownership about, you know, specific guys and whether they want to pay that sum. But with the market moving a bit faster for some of the bigger free agents, the Nationals now need to be cautious that they don't let their patience, um, you know, or, the, I mean, not apathy, but I mean, it's prolonged patience, I guess you could call it, borderline uh, on apathy, but not calling it apathy. The prolonged patience, you, you can't have that hurt you here. This is a market where it is a robust market, right? Because of the year uh, and the uncertainty that the pandemic brought many ball clubs from a financial standpoint. But it's also a team that's expressed the interest of wanting to win, right? And and firing the staff this offseason. And now, you know, talking, having their GM come out and say, I am concerned. I, you know, my number one concern is going out and getting a big bat. That is where you, you wonder now, what is a situation? What are they really trying to do? Because... You know, the, the Jan Gomes comment, like we mentioned, it feels like the Nationals are in several different directions here. We're going to try to get RJ Anderson on to sort out this situation because these things are tough to parse. And I think nobody really knows where the Nats are headed this offseason. You hope that Mike Rizzo, you know, has an idea of what they're going to do. But, uh, you know, the Hope the Learner family is giving him the apparatus and the ability to go out and acquire a big bat like they need so badly. But... It's hard to see them, you know, when it felt like Real Muto might have been a pipe dream and was kind of down the road, maybe with other teams. Well, the Mets cooled off on him, and we don't know the Philly situation. The Nationals now might have a shot at him again. And this is weird to say because on last week's show, we felt like that one's kind of out of the picture. Maybe it's time to start looking. And look, this is not the only, I'm not the only person who thought that, right? You know, Matt, when we spoke with Matt last week, he said, yeah, they're probably going to go for, you know, some of those guys who are, uh, you know, guy maybe like, you know, like we mentioned, Yadier Molina, or maybe a guy like a Mike Zanino who is available. Those, uh, you know, a, 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 um, a guy like a Robinson Chirinos who is available. Those are the questions that we're having now. And uh, this situation, I mean, who knows who that guy's going to be next year? Maybe the Nats do have a different number one catcher. Maybe it is a guy like Barrera, and maybe it's, you know, also Zanino's involved or Chirinos is involved. Uh, you just don't know yet. You just do not know what this catching situation is going to look like. And also the lineup, too. The Nats got to get going. Uh, and we'll, let's let's talk about that here in a second. Let's talk about the George Springer and DJ LeMahieu situations. But before we do that, let's take a break and hear a word from our sponsors. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you all by betonline.ag. It is the only site that we trust for our sports uh, sports lines, that's what we use. Right now, guys, I'm having them generate some lines for us on some futures, right? Uh, where Real Muto and Springer will sign. I'm going to see if I can get some updated odds from them for you all on this show before they sign. Go sign up right now. You get a 50% bonus when you do. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. Uh, that's, once again, LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, over there at betonline.ag. Also want to thank Built Bar. Built Bar is the best protein bar out there right now, guys. They've got 18 flavors, six new ones, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry bar, chia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. They've got 12 original flavors, uh, all chocolate, six with nut, six without nut. You've got the coconut almond, raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie, salted caramel, double chocolate, orange, toffee almond, coconut, and 
peanut butter brownie. Once again, all covered in chocolate, six with nut, six without nuts, so something for everybody. Right now, go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code Locked On for 20% off on your next order. That's promo code Locked On. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, Locked On. Also have a chance to win a free cooler while supplies last. Once again, BuiltBar.com, promo code Locked On. One more thing, everybody, before we get back to the show. Guys, make sure you check out the Locked On Bets podcast, brand new podcast from the folks here at the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, They'll talk about the best bets for bowl games, NFL, as well as uh, all the college sports happening right now. College hoops is going on. Uh, You know, they'll have some... Probably talk some baseball here as, as the season begins to creep up closer to us. But once again, check out Locked On Bets wherever you guys get your podcasts. All right, let's get back to it here. The market for George Springer and for uh, DJ LeMayhew seems to be heating up. We'll start with Springer first. This is from Steve Adams at, uh, at MLB Trade Rumors. He is citing Jeff Passan as well, talking about all things where, you know, George Springer, uh, where this kind of lineup Right now, he says the Jays and the Mets are generally viewed as the two strongest possibilities for the longtime Astros slugger. Newly hired Mets general manager Jared Porter plainly acknowledged in an appearance on MLB Network Radio on Sirius XM last week that Springer is, quote, going to be part of the process, end quote, as they evaluate options on the high end of both free agent and trade markets. There's a Twitter link also here at the bio. I encourage you guys to check it out. You guys know the work at MLBTradeRumors.com is, uh, is second to none. He also goes on to say, as one would expect, Porter did uh, did not tip his hand as to anything more specific, but MLB.com's John Morosi did write recently that the Mets are focused on Springer at the moment. In some ways, it's not particularly surprising to see the Mets and Jays are widely seen as the two teams most willing to spend this winter, and both could use an impact center fielder uh, as well. Other teams who are seen as potential active clubs have reason not to aggressively pursue um, George Springer. Giants president of baseball operations, Farhan Zaidi, has suggested that his team will focus on pitching and look more for more complimentary hitters. Yankees are focused on DJ LeMahieu. We have some news on that. And their outfield is crowded as well. So this guy's also uh, leads us to you know the news about DJ LeMahieu as well. Another team who could be in on DJ LeMahieu might be the New York Mets. And that is, uh, you know, that's a significant update here. This is from Timothy Rapp over at Bleacher Report. He says, infielder DJ LeMahieu is one of the top free agents on the market this winter, and it's possible he could swap uh, AL East addresses. According to Jeff Passan of ESPN, Toronto Blue Jays have emerged as a significant player in the DJ LeMahieu sweepstakes, perhaps the biggest threat to uh, him resigning with the New York Yankees, with whom a significant gap remains. And quote, the New York Mets are also interested in the 32-year-old uh, per Passan as well. LeMahieu, 32, has had another excellent season in 2020, hitting 364, 10 homers, 27 runs driven in, and 41 runs total in 50 games. He finished third in the MVP voting in the AL, also got that silver slugger. So when it comes to these guys, you know, I had mentioned in the past, folks, that I really did want Real Muto on, or Real Muto, excuse me, 
I wanted uh, LeMahieu. I thought he'd be a really nice complimentary part of that lineup. I thought he'd be a great building block to have. And if you add other guys in and around the lineup, they can make an impact. I think Springer is the one that everybody is most hopeful about. But I do have some concerns about the price tag that would come. And if we're talking about price tag as well with Real Muto, you know, price tag might be an issue there with George Springer. And not seeing the Nationals' names in these, uh, you know, uh, kind of with these these talks heating up, that's concerning, right? I mean, think about a big bat. These guys are the two biggest bats available right now, uh, in my opinion, right? Real Muto is kind of bat, yes, but also what he brings to that catching spot, the stability and just the ability from that position is also part of the value. When it comes to just guys who are able to hit, Springer and LeMahieu, for my money, are the two that I am the most focused on here this off this offseason. So you, you think about these two guys, you know, and you think about the Nets, uh, the Mets rather, already scooping up one James McCann. Your concern level kind of go, goes up if you're the Nets, right, about, uh, you know, them, you know, inside the uh, division opponent getting another big bat potentially here. And obviously they're involved in trade talks for Francisco Lindor reportedly as well, although those seem to have cool off, uh, cooled off for the moment. But that's a situation that seems to be ongoing uh, right now. You know, the Mets are involved in a whole lot of things. And the Blue Jays, too, look at them. Uh, good for them, right? They want to strengthen an already pretty decent ball club, want to get some more depth on what is a youthful team, add some more experience. And I think, you know, DJ LeMahieu, for my money, would be a great veteran to have on that team. Obviously, George Springer, uh, just a touch younger, but somebody also who brings along, you know, a, a lot of experience, obviously. Uh, you know, somebody who is a World Series champion. And, you know, consider DeLeMahieu is just one year younger, even though it feels like that gap is, is a bit larger. But, uh, I, you know, I like that move for both those teams. Uh, I think the Nationals should try to be in on these guys. You also might think that there's a chance that LeMahieu could be using them as leverage to drive up the price on the Yankees, especially considering you have two teams going after the, uh, you know, DJ LeMahieu being the New York Mets and, you know, your neighbor, obviously in the city, and then uh, in the AL East opponent, in the Blue Jays. You know, this this stuff could just be, I mean, there's a very good chance, in my opinion, the, these this news could be that those teams are, you know, in the mix, they've kicked the tires, and this might just be out there from, you know, obviously from representation for George Springer to, uh, or rather from DJ LeMayhew to drive that price up. I think it's a very good, uh, a very good chance. Honestly, when I saw this, that's the first thing I thought. Uh, I didn't really think of DJ LeMayhew in a Mets uniform, although I feel like that could be likely considering, you know, the moving parts in, in LeMayhew's life in terms of getting up and moving and, and all those kinds of things. Uh, there's none of that, you know, compared to signing to a, a different team that, you know, if, if you do go the non Yankees route, but it makes things a lot easier on them. That thought really hadn't crossed my mind. I really did think about that from a think about this from a driving up the price kind of perspective. That kind of feels like more where this news is coming from. On the Springer front, that's a guy that I think we all know the Nats you know should take a look at and should be on. Once again, the price is that big question there. Can they get that guy and bring him in uh, to DC without completely breaking the bank? That's the question. Can you bring that guy in? to the franchise without completely and totally breaking the bank. And I don't know the answer to that. Also, too, we, we heard the Nats were going to go for a more complimentary spending strategy. They were going to try to distribute uh, a lot of their resources to build a good team. They keep saying big bat, but I feel like we all think it is a bit more likely that we end up seeing, uh, you know, we end up seeing some more uh, variety, right? We end up seeing the Nats go in, in several different directions with who they go with. 
All right, another quick piece of Nationals news before we get out of here. This from District on Deck. The Nationals signed Jeffrey Rodriguez uh, as a to a minor league deal. Jeffrey Rodriguez, guys, if you all remember, was a pitcher for the Nats back in 2018. He was part of the trade package that went to Cleveland to get Jan Gomes. This signing was first reported by Jess Doherty over there at the Washington Post. Uh, Rodriguez was in Washington before going to Cleveland, obviously, he notes. And this from James Simmons over at District on Deck, our friends over there. Um, he said, when the Cleveland Indians decided to non-tender pitcher Jeffrey Rodriguez earlier in the offseason, I thought there was a chance he returned to D.C. And I looked at his numbers and hoped he wouldn't. Rodriguez was signed by the Nationals to a minor league contract with an invitation to spring training solely as a depth move. Rodriguez is a pitcher the Washington Nationals are very familiar with. Uh, they originally signed him uh, from the DR when he was 20, or 18 years old. Rodriguez was the 12th best prospect in the Nationals system in 2014 and ranked 19th best among follow, uh, the following year. A 4-10 showing with a 5.42 ERA and A ball that year made sure he wasn't on the rankings the following season. Rodriguez wouldn't climb past single A until three years later when he skyrocketed through the organization la- uh, organizational ladder. On his way to the majors in 2018, he made eight starts for the Nats and won three games. He was named the minor league pitcher of the year for his troubles. Um, so obviously, you know, he dealt with a lot. And when he came back, guys, Rodriguez, when he was with the Nationals, you know, not a really impressive mark. And not an impressive mark either when he end up going, ended up going to Cleveland. Uh, with the Nats in 2018, he was 3-3 three and three in eight starts. He had a 5.71 ERA in 52 innings pitched. He allowed 43 hits, 33, earned, uh, 43, 33 rather, earned runs, eight home runs, 37 walks, and 39 strikeouts. So, yeah, I mean, this is just a move of trying to build some depth. And, you know, he went to Cleveland the following year. He was 1-5, 4.63 ERA. So ERA got a little better, but uh, he pitched 46 innings. So this is just a move, guys. They're trying to add some depth, just that pitching, you know, somebody they can add and if they need a guy to start a game. Um, and I think that's where this move really comes from. This is not a move where they're trying to make this guy a permanent part of the rotation. Um, so, yeah, I mean, let, let's see what the move is here you know, what kind of plans they have for Rodriguez moving forward. All right, that'll do it for us today. Make sure you guys follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Nationals. Follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Make sure you guys tune in tomorrow's episode. We're going to have some more rumors, talk a little bit of catching. Hopefully, we can get RJ Anderson on this week as well. All right, everybody, until tomorrow, stay safe.